RadioInfluence.com. Hey gang, welcome to another episode of the Real Animals Podcast, always brought to you or presented by my good friends at Contender Boat. Super excited today to get to spend a little time with a, uh, a longtime friend of mine. If you, uh, if you follow the TV show, you've seen us fish together many times. Uh, one of my favorite groups of people to, uh, to fish with, the Pro Marine Fishing Team. And uh, he is Jim Nassett. He is the... Uh, Vice President of Pro Marine Inc. And uh, they've obviously got Pro Marine USA Parts down in Palmetto. And now they have Pro Marine Boats USA there in St. Petersburg, where they do boat sales and service. Jim, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you. I feel honored to uh, to be part of this. Oh, are you kidding me? You're one of my favorite people on the planet, brother. I've had I've had some extraordinary fishing times with you that I'll never forget. Some of my favorite memories of of filming real animals episodes have been with you and, and the crazies and your crew there, <laughs> the boys and, and yeah. Austin. I mean, we've had some, we've had some pretty good times. We've been in some pretty gnarly seas too. And we might talk about some of that as we, uh, as we roll into this as well. But, uh, yeah. uh I think you, would, I thought you would be a, a great person to have on the podcast. A lot of interesting stuff to pick in that brain of yours. So, um, first of all, let's, I want to start with how, how does Jim Nassett, become you know jim nasset pro marine fishing team you know one of the best kingfish teams in the country where does that all start did you fish as a kid growing up i mean where where does the where does your love of fishing come from well i i grew up in in suburbs of chicago not a real good fishing place but uh, we did some <laughs> bass fishing some some fishing for carp behind the pizza shop and that kind of stuff as a kid and uh I moved moved down to Florida here in 79. I moved down here because of my job at the time. I was working for a company out of Chicago, and they decided to relocate to Clearwater, Florida, and I told them, okay, see you guys. I had no interest in coming, interest in coming to Florida. They talked me into it, and, um, and after, they said, give it a year, and you're going to like it. I know you're going to like it, so... I did, and, and I did. I, I really liked it, um, and didn't really do any fishing, saltwater fishing down here, other than you know chartering a boat once in a while. I didn't have a boat at the time, um, so we did some charter fishing, and that was about it. But I really, really didn't get into it until I moved out to the beach and smelt that saltwater every day that I got up and went to work. I said, "I got to be a better way to do this than." <laughs> and you know, drive, drive to work and, and work all day and not have time to do anything else. So uh, so I got a boat, got into uh, a little bit of near shore fishing and stuff, and uh, and it just, it, it grew when, it grew especially strong when my partner and I decided to sponsor a kingfish team, which I was not even a part of. I was just a guy who was handling the money and the sponsorship deal. And, um, you know, our mutual friend, Kevin Hannon. Yes, I do. Uh, the great Kevin yeah, Hannon. He, yes. He was, he was fishing the kingfish circuits and doing pretty well. And, um, so we said, well, you know, it might be a good way for us to promote 
our new company, which was ProMarine back in the, when was that? That was in the early 80s. Okay. Um, we said, you know, maybe that'd be something we could get our name out there and, and spread it around a little bit uh, more about, you know, ProMarine, how it can help not only just a recreational boater, but the, the fishermen and that. So we decided to put together a boat that would get everybody's attention. And we, we built a 34 yellowfin with um, three different outboard motors on the back of it. And we did that so that people would say, why'd you do that? Or which one do you like best? Right. Or, I see you got the I see you got the Yamaha on there to get you back in, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, we had a we had a Evan Rude. This is back in the two-stroke days, two-stroke motors. We had a Evan Rude, we had a Yamaha HPDI, and we had a Mercury 300 XS or 250 XS on there. So we had three different motors on there: a black one, a gray one, and a white one. And we ran Kevin campaign that boat for almost a year and um and then we decided to hook up together and i would fish with him and we one thing led to another and we've been together ever since fishing uh, we still have that boat we still have that boat with uh, three different motors on it that's crazy so, I, I remember looking yeah. i remember looking at the binnacle for your throttles when yeah. i first got in that boat and i thought wow I mean, it, you had to make a custom binnacle just to get everything to come together for the throttles, correct? Well, yeah, that that happened because back in the day, um, all the motors were were cable cable uh, shift and throttle, so it was easy to just rig it up with a a offshore racing type throttle setup. Um, it's just pushing a throttle; it doesn't know what's on the other end of it. When we decided that we needed to go to new four-stroke outboards on the boat, that's all fly-by-wire or digital, if you will. Right. So now that presented a whole different issue with with uh, how do you control the shift and the throttles on a, on a uh, fly-by-wire boat with three different controllers. So basically, spent some time in the machine shop, and we I, I took a single single-engine controller and tore the guts out of it for each one of the different motors and uh, put them together into a housing that looked like a jet airplane throttles. <laughs> right. and, and it's still, it's still, like I say, it's still working today. And if we go down the highway on, with that on a trailer or down to uh, the, anywhere where there's people around people, it gets just as much attention today as it did 15 years ago. It's incredible. Yeah. I've been on that boat in, in some public settings before, um, yeah, and, yeah. and seeing the eyeballs and everybody, you know, you step off the boat and everybody's looking at you, asking you questions about, wow, that's crazy. How did, how did, I mean, you mentioned coming down here with a company and, and, you know, getting relocated. Were you in the Marine industry when you got here? I mean, because it, no, it, actually I, I started, started out of, out of high school back in, in Chicago uh, pressing phonograph records. You, you, you're too young to even know what they are. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> not that <laughs> <All> young. <laughs> Anyways, I, it was a company that made that made uh, phonograph records, and um, we relocated the company down here, and I ended up just 
getting to the end of of what I could do in in that business. We went from phonograph records to audio cassettes to compact discs and DVDs, making all those things, manufacturing them. But it was a family-owned business, and I was not. I didn't have the right last name, so I kind of bumped up against my threshold of where I could go with the company. So I started looking around, and, and my partner Todd and I um, decided to go into business together and manufacture some machines, and we did really well with that company, uh, building that company up and then selling the company, and we bought a little podunk company with four employees, five employees that sold marine engines, uh, marine engine pistons from a, a couple of guys down in Bradenton, um, just a tiny little business. And we bought that and said, we could probably make something of this. We kind of, both Todd and I liked the, the, uh, the boating industry. He's a boat racer. I was kind of a fisherman. And, um, so doing that, we, uh, we, we kind of developed Pro Marine into a much bigger, better organization. So. And what is what I mean? And tell for the listeners that don't know. I mean, because well, obviously we're we're blessed, and we got listeners all over the country. For those that don't know, Pro Marine USA Parts. I mean, you guys now handle parts for it's not just pistons anymore. I mean, you've you've developed that into full full parts and as a giant warehouse yeah. from the you know floor to the ceiling couple couple of stories high full of parts and sending them all over the country yes we have parts for outboards going back into the 50s and 60s old stuff you'd never think anybody would stock parts on we have parts from there all the way to the latest and greatest four stroke inboard and outboard and and personal watercraft parts Engine parts, rigging parts, specialty tools for doing for maintaining, doing your your self maintenance. Um, all of those components, everything you everything that that you could need for, including engine blocks and heads and valve trains, everything you could think of to fix your fix your outboard or your inboard motor. That's crazy. It's a unique. It's a really unique place. It's a, it's a neat facility, and it's neat to see what you guys have done with it. I didn't realize it was quite that small when you bought it. I thought it was maybe all parts already, and then you guys just bought it and enhanced it. I didn't realize it was just pistons at one time. Yeah, it was just pistons, and and uh, I mean, we've grown into. Uh, we, we just you probably don't even haven't heard this one yet, but we just we just bought a new building three times the size of what we were in in Palmetto. We bought one. It's right by the port of Manatee. Really? Um, and yes, and we're we're scheduling our move for the end of this year to move our parts, our entire parts business, into this building, give us more room, and then we're we're transitioning the existing building down there in Palmetto into a Sea Hunt boat sales um, facility, including indoor service. Wow! So be quite a quite a facility state-of-the-art facility for for selling sea hunts and maintaining them which is you know it's just a great recreational boat that we we deal with down here yeah i'm a i'm a, I'm a big fan of of pro marine service um that's the the place that uh i tell everybody there's only one group of people that i trust with my yamahas and that's uh Kyle and the good people you have over there in your service department off of Bay Pines there, um, just really, really good people. I've had just so much good luck with them. So you being able to expand that is, uh, is pretty awesome. You, 
where does that, where do you suppose that comes from, Jim? I mean, obviously you have a knack. You know, you 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 built a company building machines with your partner, and then you end up buying Pro Marine, the parts, the pistons, and all that, and expanding it and growing it. Then I was around when you launched, you know, Pro Marine Boats Performance mm-hmm. Center, and I've seen you grow it. Where does that all come from? Do you think? I mean, you're you're really really good at finding good people, treating them right. It seems like you've got a knack for for kind of growing these businesses in a direction. Is there a is there a reason you think that is? I mean, something you could tell people. Well, I guess um, the one thing that that we've always said in any one of our businesses that we've done over the years is, is, you know, you've got to do good business every day, every day, every deal. So you're going to make mistakes. And when you make mistakes, you just pass up to it and you make it right with the customer. Now, no, no company's perfect. You're going to have an employee or something, do something stupid and, and cause some damages or whatever, but you just got to make it right. You, you just don't hide anything. You'd be totally transparent and and make it a good experience for the customer even if it starts out bad make turn it around so um we we have i do have some i'm blessed with with some of the best employees you could you could ever get in in a time like this right now when when you know nobody can find enough help right you know it's crazy when unemployment is unemployment is is competing with entry-level you know jobs um you, you just can't you can't keep enough staff on, but um, if you treat your people right, I think you compensate them good, give them good benefits. Um, uh, you can keep a, a good base staff, and that's what I've got is just some very, very talented, talented people um, that I'm surrounding myself with, and and uh, just all I do basically every day is, is drive around to our three different locations and tell people what I'm happy with and what I'm not. Right. That that seems to work, you know. I know that's not the right thing, and and go from there. So, well, I, I, uh, I've always said that, in my opinion, the key to success, and no matter what you do, whether it's you know businesses like yours where you have a lot of people, or even businesses like mine where. You know, it's really just me for most of the things I do. You know, I got obviously great production teams and and some things like that. But I always have have said that if you just really concentrate, and I mean really focus on surrounding yourself with good people, then good things will happen. And if you don't get greedy, because I think greed is the root of all evil, screws up a lot of stuff. Uh, You know, you want your pockets to be big and everybody else's to be small. That's a recipe for disaster. But the key, the key is people, every good company. And through this fishing that I've been doing, you know, running trips for 20 years and even in my business dealings in the Aluna business and all that, it seems to me that the greatest companies, uh, the power poles and, you know, pro Marines, a great example. Um, a lot of these great companies that I get to do business with that I watch really thrive and really do well, they're just covered in great people. I mean, it, it, people are, I mean, and I think corporate America loses sight of some of that sometimes because they, they get too busy looking at the numbers and, well, we could make a little more here and a little more there if we had this guy instead of that guy. And I'm like, yeah, but that guy's not the people guy that this guy is. You're paying him a little more money, yeah. but he's making you more money. 
You know, when you get rid of those people that are so good in your, you know, in your company, so good in your, you know, in what you're trying to do just to save a buck, you just, you just spin yourself into a bad hole. And I I just see companies that never recover from it. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. I tried the big company thing when when we sold our, our business back in uh, the early nineties. And uh, it was, uh, it was horrible. It was horrible. I felt like I was wasting my life just yeah. doing unproductive, things, you know. So being being a you know relatively small business like we are is so much so much fun. I enjoy getting up every morning and, and coming to see what's going on. I got innovative people and we got fabulous fabulous customers. Yeah, well, great customers is always a bonus as well. So so let's talk um, a little bit about you know you, you, the fishing. Um, that you do with the pro marine fishing team, I, I, I don't, and I know you won't do it, so I'm going to do it for you. You know, one of the more you have one of the more storied, um, you know, winningest kingfish teams that I know of, uh, and I know there's a lot of good ones, and and there certainly is in 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 all the sports. There's a lot of good teams, but you guys have been able to do some things that are pretty special. When did, when did you, you know, I know you put it together with Kevin here years ago. And when, when did you get everything right? And you know, when you thought, you know what? I mean, we got the pieces in place here to really, really be a force on this Kingfish scene. Well, we've, for 14 years now, we've had the same three of us on the fishing team. Fishing team consists of four is when one person who's changed out one position on the team that's changed out um i think we've changed out three or four times over 14 years of fishing together so kevin ricky and i have been fishing together as his team with um with our our fourth person you know being a variable for a while um well when what what we we've got is is we got to to be competitive and to fish the events like we fish them, we travel all over the Southeast United States to do these things. And a, and a traveling out of town tournament is, uh, you know, it's a minimum of four days and, and usually more like six days on the road to, to go there, pre-fish, prepare, get everything done right and get back and go back to work. It's, it's a big commitment. We have three of us who are able to, we have, we're, we're blessed with fabulous wives allow us to do this number one and then we have jobs jobs and businesses that let us that we can we have good people behind us that can allow us to take that time off and do this so um it's it's not a vacation on the road at all but it's uh uh we absolutely we're passionate about it so um i would say when did it when did we figure we had something going um we started having some relatively good success along the way we weren't we weren't winning tournament after tournament but we were we were placing good and we were very competitive and we were learning all, all the different areas that we had to fish in and uh, and then probably six or seven years ago is when we started to get on a pretty good roll where we were i think probably the favorite at many of these tournaments coming in thinking you know we just we just been knocking it knocking it down one after the other so so we, 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 if we're going to talk, you know, Kingfish tournaments, Pro Marine, I got to believe we got to talk about 2016. 
the wild the year of the 65 <laughs> yeah the year of the back to back 65s i think this year 65. of the 6 the year of the 65 is something but the back to back 65s is what is what would really what yeah. really stands out to me about 2016 and and that has okay. to be that's got to blow. I mean, I can't. Again, I've never been on a boat when a sixty-five pound kingfish has been caught, even fun fishing. I can't imagine when you're in a tournament and you get a sixty-five pounder. What you're thinking? That was that was an incredible year. There, we we fished. It was a it was a local tournament series. Well, not local, I guess. It was the Wild West tournament series where there were some out of town boats in it, and it was a, a really up and coming series. Um, had pretty good payouts and everything. So. It was a spring tournament. There are two two tournaments in the spring, two in the fall. First tournament of the year, I think it was April, and we uh, we went out. And the weather was absolutely horrible. The winter had not given up, so we had a we had a cold front that just that was just making it horrible out there. We went out. We made a decision. My, our fourth person at that time was was uh, uh, Austin. He came on the boat for, with us for that tournament, and my son Austin. He was probably what was he then? He's seventeen or something. Yep. But anyways, we we made the decision to 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 go for it. We knew where there were some good fish, and they were 116 miles from checkout, oh, and <laughs> the seas were the seas. There it, it was. As we're running out there, second-guessing ourselves, second-guessing ourselves, and we said, God, we went this far. Let's just keep going. Push it out. We'll make it. You know, we'll get there. We got we got to our spot and pulled back on the throttles, and I looked at it, and I said, we shouldn't be here. This is not safe. This is not safe. And I, and I was mostly because I had my son with me, you know. Sure. Um, just you got a little different extra edge of, of worrying about it when it's, when it's that personal. Anyway, so, so we made one one lap around this spot. And as we were um, turned and went down sea, we had waves breaking across the motors, flooding the back of the boat. <laughs> it was, this was at the time a 36 yellow fin. It was a big boat, triple engine, and we had them coming over over the back of the boat. It was it was wind against tide. It was a stood up, uh, really, really tall seas. We said, "All right, we got we got to go. We just make one one spin around here." Um, and Austin was putting the bait down on the downrigger, and a fish came through right next to the motors. Kevin got just a glimpse of it. He says, "It's a porpoise." Oh crap! You know, never having a porpoise in your in your spread is is a, never a good thing because right. they scare off the fish and stuff. So, but it wasn't a porpoise. It came up and it ate the it ate the bait that Austin was putting out on the downrigger. So the downrigger was about twenty five foot down at the time. The thing hit it, and it was it was a uh, sixty five pound kingfish. We, we fought it for probably four or five minutes because we had to, we, we couldn't manage it. We couldn't. We were. The boat was standing up, you know, going into the waves when you're chasing the fish down. Yeah. Um, Bingo was on the Bingo was on the rod. He's our uh, one of our guys on the team, and uh, Kevin had to actually go up there and get on his knees and basically put his, his elbow into into Bingo's butt 
to, to hold him up so he could stand up and fight the fish. Wow. It was, it was just, you couldn't, you pretty much had to crawl around the boat. It was that rough getting thrown around. We, we gaffed that thing, threw it in the, threw it in the boat and hit the throttles and left to get, try to get to some calmer water. It was an unbelievable fight. Went back to that. That was a Saturday. Brought it back in. We weighed and set a new record for the tournament. And everybody was couldn't believe that we had a 65-pound kingfish come out of Delta, Mexico, like that <laughs> in the West Coast. I remember being. So, I remember being at the radio station, and uh, word coming through that you guys had pulled that off, and I was just, we were just blown away. Um, I mean that's a that's yeah. an incredible number. How did what goes through your mind when that boat hits when that fish hits the deck of the boat? What, what I I just can't even imagine. Of I fished so many tournaments, I just can't even imagine. I mean you got to know. I mean you have to know, right? Like, like absolutely, it's the biggest kingfish any of us have ever seen. Ever seen? It looked like it was shaped more like a, a yellowfin tuna than a kingfish. Right. It was unbelievable. It was so fat. So big, so long. It was, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, you don't even bring it. We we carry a Wahoo bag for our our fish bag right. for tournaments. Sure. But, um, it we, the tail stuck out of it. <laughs> and this is a big, big fish bag. Um, wow. So we went back and we won that tournament hands down, and it was a it was a cumulative uh, tournament. There were individual tournament payouts and for the four tournaments and. Uh, and then there was a, a aggregate of the four, three, the best three fish out of the four tournaments um, aggregate. So the following week was the next leg of this series, and conditions were totally different. Uh, it was a nice day. We ran out there, sitting back, sitting down the whole way, running, you know, a nice cruise speed out there. Ran ran back to the same spot. Uh, we made about three laps on the spot. A fish hit, and it and it we, the fight was easy, nothing nothing terrible to deal with. Gas the fish, threw it over the side. We said it's bigger than last week. It's <laughs> crazy. It was, couldn't possibly be bigger than last. It was bigger than last week. It was longer by six inches than than the fish from the week before, and it was but the girth was not not near as much. It turned out to be a tenth of a pound bigger. And our 65 from the week before. So it was a bigger fish, but it was, you know, we're, we're thinking this thing's got to be 70. And because of that, <laughs> right. you know, you throw it in the bag, see how much further it sticks, the tail sticks out the bag, you go, holy crap. So, but it ended up being just a little over a, a tenth of a pound bigger than the one from the week before. So, obviously, another win, another win for that week, a nice payout. Um, and then the series is off until the fall. And uh, we came back in the fall, went right back to that same spot, and we bagged a 54. So we had a three three fish aggregate, three fish aggregate for the series of 180 some pounds. Back to back kingfish tournaments. It was, it was an unbelievable record that'll a record on is safely I think will, will never be beat. That's in tournament fish. That's insanity. Yeah. That's insanity out of the Gulf of Mexico. There's a lot of big fish in the Gulf, but you don't normally, you know, I mean, if yeah. you, if you go, so let's, let's jump forward and this is going to kind of, I mean, you jump forward to the King of the beach in November, the fall King of the beach, November, 2019. 
you guys win the King of the Beach. There's what, yeah. 650 boats in the tournament? I think that year it was down a little bit. The weather was so horrible. One of those again. We were we left in the morning. You can you can leave you can leave anytime after midnight. We left about four in the morning to head south to a different number where the fish were. Um, and we made it to Sarasota and we said, This is stupid. We're gonna be we're only making about fifteen to twenty miles an hour. Wow. And we said, you know, we we got a ninety mile run to make in this one and, and uh, you know, we can't we can't do that. So well what do we do now? We don't know anything other than offshore, but we just made the decision to turn around and go back to uh, to uh, the channel at Egmont. Right. And we we uh, started trolling right off the flagpole, and it was pretty boring. <laughs> it's terrible fishing inshore when your cell phones work and you're and you can see the cars on the bridge and stuff <laughs> like that. That's just, that's just not our style of fishing. Right. So. We stuck it out. We didn't have any other choice. It was just too rough to go anywhere, and, and we stuck it out. And all of a sudden, the fish came and hit. Ran. We we're only in like eighteen feet of water or something. The fish hit went right underneath the boat, so it was chaos. You know, trying to get the thing untangled from from the way it ran, and uh, we threw it. In the, we, we ended up uh, gapping the fish, and it was a good fish. It was forty forty some pounds. Um, and we thought, wow, this is pretty good for a crappy, crappy day. You know, we knew no, nobody else was because our phones were working. We knew nobody else had a fish, so we took it up there and, and uh, ended up winning King of the Beach. That was quite a quite a win. Yeah, that's a very prestigious tournament here. You know, with like I said, normally there's you know five, six hundred boats in that thing. Uh, the old Salt yeah. Fishing Club does a great job putting that event on. It's a, it's a mammoth, just a mammoth tournament. So. Again, I was so happy to see to see you guys win it. You've had so many with so many great wins, okay? And and again, I know we've only touched on a couple of them, but so many great wins uh in in y'all's in pro marine fishing team storied career here. What's the one that means the most to you? I'm I'm going to say that the the first 65 first 65 that we won um spring spring wild west tournament i think it was the most challenging um for us it was it was neat having my son with me too sure um to be part of that um and it was at home around you know all the people you know uh local fans and things like that so i would say that was that was probably the most significant one for me paycheck wise king of the beach was the best sure (laughs) right a hundred thousand dollar payout for for a kingfish tournament. Yeah, it was crazy. That's impressive. There's no doubt. They, like I said, the old Salt Fishing Club does a great job at the King of the Beach. There's no doubt. So, if if you if you had to pick one place to go catch kingfish, and I know you've done it in a lot of great places. You know, I met you in the Carolinas, and you're doing it up there. So, you know, we've been to yeah. Louisiana together. Where's your favorite fishery? What's the favorite place to fish for gymnastics? Well, for just for fishing in general. Biloxi and Venice, that area up there, Northern Gulf. Okay. Yeah, I like I like that. I mean, it has great king fishing, great wahoo fishing, and and my favorite probably is, is yellowfin tuna fishing out on the rigs. I've done that with you. So, it's pretty spectacular. 
We were just up there a month ago. We went up and we did really good. We weren't doing a tournament. We just said, let's just go up there and plum fish. And we spent like five days up in, in Venice and, uh, and fun fish for free elephant tuna and did a, had a really good trip. Nice. Nice. That's I've, I've done that with, uh, we've filmed that with Austin on the boat and Austin put on quite the clinic. I had to remind him that I was the host of the show and he had any need to let me catch yeah. fish. So that's yeah. pretty. <laughs> so he was just a youngster then too. Yeah, he was, he was just a young buck, no doubt. So, so let's, let's, let's try to help tournament anglers here a little bit. I want Jim Nassett to give back. If you could give a young tournament team one tip from, in my opinion, one of the best tournament teams in the country, maybe one of the best tournament teams to ever do it uh, in your pro marine team, what would that tip be, Jim? What would you tell a guy who's like really ate up with it, really excited, putting in the money, putting in the time, not getting the wins, what would your tip to them be? Well, I mean, assuming that, that that you've already done all your preparation, I mean, tackle is key, making sure your knots are good, know who's tying your knots, all that organization. Your team has to, everybody on the team has to have a job. they got to know what their job is. you got to have confidence in that person's job. Um, you know, like we have one guy who ties rigs, okay? Uh, one guy who ties our, our uh, fluoro to our, to our main line. Okay. That way, if a knot fails, we know who did it. Right. <laughs> that, you know, we, we can control fixing it. You know, if you got five guys who are all tying, tying mono or fluoro onto the mono, and you have one one go bad, it comes back with a, a failed knot. You don't know what to do. You know, right. that's um, that's an important thing, uh, I think. But as far as a hint or something, I think it's it's really be patient. Be patient. Your time, the time will come. You got to, you know, fresh baits. Keep your, your baits looking good, and it's get it. You know, it's going to come. That right fish is going to come by. You know, it's just um, you can you can watch all of the Roths reports. You can find all the all the information about the water, the temperatures, the the currents, and all that stuff. And all that knowledge is really good, really good. But if you make a decision. Go to it, have a backup if it's not happening there, but don't go bouncing around. Don't go chasing the fish all day long. You're just going to waste fuel time and you're going to come home probably with nothing. Sometimes you just got to grind it, grind it out. My, uh, Feel confident. tells you to be there, stay there. My uncle, my uncle Bill, was four-time world walleye fishing champion on the PWT and the Pro Walleye Tournament Trail up in, up in, uh, in Wisconsin. Just about the time I was getting out of the military so 30 some odd years ago and when i first started redfish tournament fishing you know i had called him because he was you know pretty much the most decorated tournament fisherman i knew and i asked mm-hmm. him i asked him you know kind of the same thing i'm like hey you know what do you got i mean i know it's walleye versus redfish so i get it but it's tournament fishing and you, you've been pretty successful what do you you know what would you say to me uh, heading into this this process, and he said two things. He said, one, you got to pick the right partner. He said because huh? you think you spend a lot of time with your wife, 
and said, if you're going to do this, you're going to spend a lot of time with this tournament partner. So it's got to be the right partner. You have to be able to stay on the same page. And then he said, put together a plan and don't deviate from it. Don't deviate from it for anything. He said, if you, if you say you're going to go to spot A and you're going to fish there until 10 a.m., if you catch mm-hmm. a giant, he would say, we, if we caught a giant walleye there at, at 9.55, we left at 10 a.m. Mm. That was the plan. The plan was this spot here, spot number two, is going to go off from 10 to noon. We need to be there. We left. We didn't let anything deviate our plan. That's the plan we put together. That's what we believed will work, and that's what we stuck to. Is there some of that? I mean, it sounds like to me like the king of the beach was a complete scrap. You just changed it and, oh. and, and you know, went a different direction and still had amazing it results. All, yeah, it was all, it was a whole luck. Yeah, that was all luck. King of the beach was for sure. I mean, what is that, that saying about squirrel finds an acorn or something, you know, <laughs> right. that, that, that was us that day, really. I mean, I think I was kind of half asleep in the, in the, uh, on the seat of the boat. Somebody said fish on, and I jumped up, you know, kind of rubbed my eyes, <laughs> went back and helped. Um, yeah, that's that that's that's a, probably a really really good tip. Uh, we do things similar to that. We have a plan where we're going to go. If that doesn't work, we'll go here, um, and we go by we go by the moon. We go by the sooners, the you know the majors, the minors. We go by you know the tides and things like that. Uh, for where we fish and when we fish them and stuff, um, but um, I we do not we don't have a it's a schedule a plan as as detailed as that when we do it and you know that I could see how that could have helped us, you know that 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 could have helped us had we stuck to a plan as rigid as that, you know right you think yeah it's because you caught a fish and you were supposed to catch a fish. That was your first spot or your best spot on your plan. Right. You went there for a reason. You catch a fish. It just happens to be a good fish. Now go on and continue executing your plan. I think that's brilliant. You know, I really think that's a, that's something I'll, I'll consider here coming up. So hard to I do mean, though. It's so hard to do. I tried <laughs> to do it for years and it was, it was so hard yeah. to do, you know, and the difference too, for a lot of the stuff that he fished in, in sliding that to my world, was, you know, he was fishing lakes and, and some river systems where it wasn't tidal. You know, mm-hmm. our, our scenario is all tidal, so we want to be here at this part of the tide. We want to be there at that part of the tide. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As you're putting your puzzle together during yeah. the week and you're doing your homework, I found it harder and harder to, to, to you know, I, I mean, it, it just, I'm like, okay, well, that works for you maybe because, you know, a lot of his stuff was water temperature, how much sun was getting mm-hmm. on the water, things like that. But for me, it was tidal, which in, in, in hindsight, it even makes it more important that you stick to the plan because if you spend too much time in one place, when you get to spot B now, maybe you have too much water there. Now those fish are doing yeah. something different than what sh- they were doing the day you found them. So... I mean, I just thought that was really, it was interesting. That and the partner thing, and I think that's something that mm-hmm. Pearl Marine has, and I've always I've always noticed that in my adventures uh, filming with you guys, you know, have having Ricky on the boat, having Austin on the boat, having Kevin on the boat, the chemistry. And not just the chemistry, 
I mean, yes, the chemistry on the boat when you guys are fishing, doing your thing, you know, whether you're flying the kite or, you know, who's driving, it didn't matter. You guys seem to have great chemistry. But that chemistry, you know, being able to spend time with you guys in Louisiana, um, you see that chemistry that transfers from the water and the fishing to the boat cleaning, to the cleaning of the fish, to the cooking, to the, you know what I mean? To the relaxing. It seems like if somebody asked me what I thought Pro Marine, you know, what is it that Pro Marine has that so many other teams don't? To me, chemistry jumps out at me because you guys have a really special bond. Yeah, that's, yeah, we do, we do, we do. And there's so many teams that have too many captains on the boat, you know, and, and they don't have assigned duties and, and they got too much egos and, you know, going on on the boat, and you hear about all these, these, you know, he's fishing with who now? You know, the the teams are like a revolving door. Yeah. You know, the guys on the boat, and that yeah, they're typically they might win a tournament here or there, or finish good or something, but they they're not. It's not sustainable. So. Well, you you've been you've been really blessed because I'm a huge fan of of Kevin and Ricky and and Austin, and you've been able to surround yourself with. Uh, with some great people, and and I and I have to say, and and probably, in you know, kind of wrapping this podcast up here a little bit uh, with some great information. But I've been doing this for you know I've been fishing professionally for 21 years, and and I've been so very blessed to meet some really really great people, um, and a lot of them. Uh, but if again, if somebody asked me, you know, give me a list of the top five people you've met in this industry, and not not just because you guys win and you're a great fisherman, but because of who you are and what you stand for. Uh, it's part of the reason that I always will bring my business to Pro Marine. Um, again, because of who you are, what you stand for, uh, some things that you said to me early uh, in our relationship that uh, that I'll never forget. I think you're a really, really uh, a great person. You have a phenomenal family. You've got great people around you, and uh, it's been a real pleasure of mine knowing you these years, and uh, I look forward to fishing with you again here soon. Thank you. That means a lot. That means a lot. you got to come and, and go on the new boat. You talk we've, got, we've got four, four 450s on this one. So. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to. You can go fast. I'm ready. Well, don't don't be afraid to speed dial me up when you guys are going to make a run. Uh, let me know, and uh, I'll come and go for a ride. Jim Nassett, Pro Marine USA, I really appreciate you uh, giving me some time today, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, get together soon. It's been fun. Thank you, sir. Hey, gang, thanks for checking out another episode of the Real Animals Podcast. Hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Jim Nassett, ProMarineUSA.com uh, is the website. Uh, what a, He's just truly a great individual, uh, as you can tell from the accolades. He's a great fisherman. Kevin Hannon, his boy Ricky and them, when they get on the boat, man, they are, they are fun to fish with. They're really good at what they do. You know, to win the king of the beach is not an easy t- easy task. The back-to-back 65-pounders and then throw a 50-pound, 50 50-pounder 50 on there later in the year. Um, these guys are incredible. So I hope you enjoyed that. Again, if you're in the Tampa Bay area, uh, I can't recommend Pro Marine 
Performance Center over there at 9293 Bay Pines Boulevard in St. Petersburg. Their service, their sales, just great, great people over there, good friends of mine. So uh, uh, keep them in mind if you need some service done to your motors. They work on all brands of motors. And uh, Jim Nassett, like he said, he does things right. Customer service has always been big with them. And ever since I met Jim and them, I haven't let anybody else touch my motors because they do the job right for me. Real Animals Podcast is always presented by my good friends at Contender Boats. Uh, the Real Animals Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, ritampabay.com, and Spotify. Remember, it's really important to subscribe, rate, and review. We're trying to drop new episodes on you each and every Tuesday. So keep your eyes open for them as they come your way. Remember to follow us on our social media outlets, Real Animals Fishing Show on Facebook, and then on Instagram at Real Animals TV. We're on Twitter at Real Animals Fish. We uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you have a great day. Thanks again. <laughs>